you have as employee more opportunities than ever before because you are unlocated. You can be working from Spain from a Chinese company or you can be working from London to a Brazilian company. Uh, I have people working in Italy from Brazil, from Andorra, from France, from Portugal, from Spain, from Utah, from Atlanta, from California. So we are fully unlocated. So you have, you have more power than ever before as employee. You know? And the third point is that the new generation has new decision drivers. You know, uh, you can see all the Web3 movement, which is very related with belonging, the feeling of belonging or psychological safety. It's not just about money anymore. It's about many different things. Hello and welcome to another episode of Career Insight. Today's guest with us is Alejandro Martinez. He is CEO and founder at Erudit. Uh, Erudit uses AI to help companies better understand their human capital, see where they can help make improvements, see where they can help uh, improve the environment for them. It's all about being obsessed with people's behavior. Today's conversation was a fantastic one, and we spoke about what it takes to build a great company. We spoke about uh, human capital and the importance of understanding them and the importance of understanding people and culture within organizations and how to go about building a better culture internally and some of the work that it would do. So without further ado, let's dive right into it. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Okay, hello and welcome to another episode. Alejandro, absolute pleasure to have you here with us today. Um, so we have Alejandro with us today who will introduce himself and tell you a little bit more about uh, what he does with Erudit AI. Am I pronouncing that correctly, by the way? Is it Erudit? Yeah, Erudit, Erudit, wherever you want. Erudit, Erudit, brilliant. I love it. Well, Alejandro, tell us a little bit more about yourself, my friend, and how you got into uh, Erudit as well. Okay, first of all, thank you, Mo and Anastasia, for, uh, for this opportunity and for share with uh, with your audience uh, who we are and what are we doing. Uh, about myself, I am the Chief Executive Officer at, at Erudit. I'm one of the two founders. Uh, the other co-founder is Ricardo Michel Reyes. Uh, I'm an engineer and I'm also a psychologist. Um, and I have been building things related with help to understand people better into the educational side, the professional side. And it was my, my life to try to make things which help to understand the people better. So yeah, right now we have Erudit AI. This is an artificial intelligence company based in, in Miami. And we are trying to, or we, I think that we have built every solution into the market to help business owners to understand better their people. That's brilliant. It's a very straightforward way of explaining what you do. I love that. The simplicity is, uh, is, is really helpful. Um, so how, how f first of all, maybe we can touch a little bit more on of course, you explained that this is your background. You've been doing this for a long time. Um, what is it that made you build this, though, specifically, um, Eruda.ai? Was it the change in the climate, you know, with what's happened recently, a sort of post-COVID environment? Or was it something that, that you thought about building a long time ago? Really, we start before, a little bit before of COVID. So that's not something that happens because of COVID or because of the new situation. Obviously, it has helped to us. And the new context is it's helping uh, a lot, not the COVID context, I mean the remote context, you know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we started like some months before. Uh, we we understood that anyways, business managers need to understand people into the uh, in, in a better way, you know. So that's the reason because we started because I met Ricardo like uh, three years ago. He was in Silicon Valley. Uh, he's the AI director, uh, AI advisor for United Nations. He is uh, one of the leaders of AI 2030, all the Mexican AI strategies. So he's a kind of very brilliant guy. And I was three, three years ago, I was in a project which was related with uh, 
trying to change the educational system and trying to rank the guys and the students not from 0 to 10 or from A to D. I was trying to create a system to rank the guys dependent on the level of their uh, different multiple intelligence based in the theory of Howard Gardner. That's a psychologist from, from Harvard, which say that uh, all of us have different kind of intelligence and we are not silly or clever. Uh, we just have different kind of intelligence. You know? So, yeah, we start a little bit early of brilliant and so that's kind of so you've always had the interest there and you wanted to go into this area generally um of course covid isn't a good thing uh it was it was horrible for many people and of course it caused a lot of problems for many many uh countries across the world but i suppose the movement toward remote work is something that i can imagine employee employers would have benefited a lot from using a platform like yours during that time can you maybe tell us a little bit more about how how your platform helped with that transition um, and why, if it is more important that the employers, you know, think about these things when you have more remote work? Yeah, first of all, uh, we are working for companies which has, uh, uh, who has all the people in remote and other ones which are still working in the office. So uh, we work with, with both of them. And I need that right now the labor market context is broken or at least evolving too fast okay uh, three main factors here uh, employee employers they don't have any more a control environment you know which was the office people is working from remote or hybrid or so you don't have your employees in front of you so you lose this uh, uh, control environment the second main factor here is that uh, you have as an employee more opportunities than never before because you are unlocated. You can be working from Spain from a Chinese company or you can be working from London to a Brazilian company. Uh, I have people working in Italy from Brazil, from Andorra, from France, from Portugal, from Spain, from Utah, from Atlanta, from California. So we are fully unlocated. So you have, you have more power than ever before as employee. You know? And the third point is that the new generation has new decision drivers. You know, uh, you can see all the Web3 movement, which is very related with belonging, the feeling of belonging or psychological safety. It's not just about money anymore. It's about many different things. So what, how we are trying to, to help is basically uh, we are able to detect trends into an aggregate and compliance way from uh, the best data source as possible to understand people, which is language. We spend the whole day sending emails or having video conference. So if we apply here NLP or AI in a compliance and sorry, and just, yeah, sorry. just for our listeners in case they don't know, so NLP is natural language processing, right? Yeah, exactly. It's so simple as that. We say, what's the best data source to understand people? Language. We are the whole day generating language. I'm the whole day sending a Slack email, a Slack message or emails or having video conference. So if you are able to apply here NLP into an aggregate, not individual, aggregate groups and compliance way, you can, for example, know if some groups of people is close to have a burnout episode. And you have also detected, and you have also able to detect the trends on real time. For example, uh, extra hours or general manager is quitting or lose, lo lost the contract. You can see everything on real time, you know, uh, in aggregate way. So you can take decisions on real time without doing nothing. No surface, no question, no nothing. Just connecting that. It's science and AI. So let me make sure I understand this correctly and also listeners understand this correctly. So am I right in thinking that your AI effectively will 
be able to scan a, a lot of the communication that's happening across the company. So whether that be, for example, through Slack or email or Salesforce or, or things like that. And then it will be able to analyze that data to understand where certain patterns are emerging. For example, whether there's a lot of conversations around longer hours or burnout or things like that. And then it analyzes that and effectively spits out some useful things that that you can do or does it does it help with decision making or is it mainly just to provide the information and then managers can take that and kind of do stuff with it yeah it's totally focused uh, with decision making uh, you explain it very good so basically you just have to connect that to slack or microsoft teams or zoom or whatever and you receive the information on on real time you have a dashboard when you can see on real time which are the trendings or the events which are having an impact into your culture and workforce morale without doing nothing you know so yep so yeah this is this is this is how it works and companies mostly are using that for uh, cross this data with another data for example with turnover numbers with sales you know uh, with whatever basically you can build better strategies and you can build a psychological safety environment it's also useful to have a company with good managers you know because finally you are working with aggregate data so you can see how the teams and the groups are feeling so if one team is not okay maybe the manager is not creating a psychological safety environment from your for your employees you know? very interesting so, so it's localized to the individual teams but at the same time you can look at it as a whole company and get a vibe there too and then obviously if you're doing that with a lot of different companies there must be a lot of really interesting insights then you can derive of industries as a whole and where things are going and moving and so on. So that that's quite a powerful thing to to be able to kind of have the insight. That's, that's incredible. And of course, you've already touched on the belonging aspect of things, right? Where, you know, employees kind of value that more now. And it's something that we're very aware of at QFinds as well, that, you know, it, it's no longer just about salary and package. It's about a lot more than that. It's about the the sense of belonging in a company, right? So with with that in mind, are there any other kind of key patterns out there that you've spotted that, that are quite interesting or, or things that have happened ever since, you know, we've started working more and more remotely? Uh, that's a topic, but mostly we are seeing we are seeing things related with being able to work in a remote way. You know, right. uh, people is super upset or annoying if they are they have to come back to the office. Uh, yeah, a lot. A lot. Come back to the office is one of the main trending topics related with burnout, uh, with low engagement, with voluntary turnover risk, and all this stuff. Yeah, you can see that. Uh, for example, Google uh, they, they make to come back to uh, high executives, and they are losing a lot of talent. So people want to have a, a life balance, you know. Uh, and if you already provide to them this option, and after that you take it again or you eliminate that is 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 really hard it's really hard yeah and it also depends on the industry you know uh for example right now this is the high war a uh, very tough uh, war related with talent retention in high-tech companies you can see for example that in, in uh, google or in apple or in amazon the average uh, time uh, that one employee spent in these companies less than two years one year and a half more or less you know so, for example, we are we are working with uh, and we have investors from Silicon Valley, and they are uh, the situation there is really dramatic, you know, uh, because employees are, are moving from one way to another the whole day. 
it's even worse as well for emerging tech startups, right? It's it can be even less than a year on for for many of them. Yeah, could be. I don't know. In, in early, we don't have this, this this kind of of issue. I know that a lot of startup has the issue today. For example, in Spain, I'm from Madrid, okay, and I know a lot of a lot of a lot of startup guys in in Spain. And right now, they have problems to to retain the talent, you know, because the one who is working for them can work, for example, for a London company or a San Francisco company. So the salaries, you can com- compete, uh, you don't have competition, you know, against these salaries. So there are tough moments for them in order to to retain, retain the, the talent. Retain talent. Yep. And especially when you have a talent shortage in places like in Silicon Valley, in London, in New York, you've already got talent shortage for these highly in demand jobs. And so if those jobs are now able to be filled by people um, in Spain, in Portugal, in, in in many places around the world, and they're willing to take a slightly smaller salary, then or or or, or even if not, even even if they don't want this more, even if they still want the higher salary, ultimately they're going to be the ones that fill the jobs, right? And so you're going to have businesses in those countries that are going to struggle with retaining that talent. So it makes it makes perfect sense. Um, it's re- it's really interesting, and of course that explains why you live in Miami. By the way, the fact that you're from Madrid that that explains everything now. Because because I figured you know you you have to live in a sunny hot place if you've uh, if you're brought up in Madrid, uh, otherwise you wouldn't be able to survive. Um, with so you, I'm assuming then you work with businesses all over the world at the moment. Uh, no, uh, we are working mainly with United States and uh, Mexican companies and. Mostly right now we are working with LATAM and and United States. Yeah. Awesome. And do you have you got any plans for expansion in the future to go into different areas down the line? Uh yes, for sure. Uh, Europe is an interesting market too, but here the sales cycle are faster. That's the reason because we are selling here at the United States, and our technology is more common for people based in the US. You know, uh, for example, we had some troubles in in Europe when we were uh, selling or having some conversations about Erudit, the gap between what they are doing today with Erudit is sometimes is too too large, too too big, you know. Uh, here here in the United States, there are almost every company is using AI, you know. Uh, so when you talk about AI, the questions are more related with bias. For example, they are uh, questions are about how good are the models, how scalable they are, or for example, how you make that the models are uh, are bias you know in Europe is everything related with uh, yeah GDPR which is okay it's okay we are GDPR compliance and we don't and we don't yeah and we don't have any problem but when you see in the newspaper something about AI almost 90% of the times is a drone who is a who has a weapon and all this stuff so the, the people has a, a little bit of misconception about yeah, or, or about Facebook or Google, which are all the day recording you or whatever. So people is a little bit afraid. And finally, we are some freak guys, which are psychologists and engineers, and we are doing good AI. So yeah. you're not you're not doing it to, to do a bad thing. You're actually trying to help. It, it's fast. I think it's fascinating as well because I think GDPR is a GDPR is an amazing concept, a great concept. But I, in my opinion, it was not executed as good as it could have been executed. Um, so, so I can understand that, you know, there are some issues around there that, you know, sometimes it can cause barriers that actually aren't necessary, but the concept in itself, privacy is important. I think on, online privacy is something that, that everyone values and, and thinks it's important. Uh, it's just a matter of how it's executed. Um, 
so it's really interesting you say that actually that there's sort of a bigger gap at the moment so i suppose then you know if some of our listeners here are european companies that are listening to this or even if they are european um candidates who are potentially looking to move into the the startup world or work in tech companies or work in ai um what is how would you say how how would you sort of not convinced but how how would you educate uh, say businesses in in Europe or in the UK to start adopting a more of an AI driven approach? Why is it important that they use this and 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 what does it actually help them with that they can't currently do right now? Yeah, with patient and they move in the same way that maybe everyone also the investors they want use cases you know so if you are able to have one use case with a large company, we are, uh, you are okay, you know? So first of all, you need to try to explain them into a very, uh, yeah, but very clear way and trying to explain them how it works and so everything. And uh, you need to have all, already prepared, obviously, all the compliance information related with legal, with privacy, with all this stuff. So I have I had having conversation with, with banks uh, in the um, big consultancy firms. And yeah, we have received right now an investment from uh, one of the biggest consultancy firms based in, in, yeah, in, in Europe. Um, so yeah, that's about talking and explaining and trying to resolve any doubt that they have. As, as any sales process, the thing, which usually work better is use cases. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, and you've obviously already mentioned around you know the 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 analysis and how it's, it's so easy for your AI to just go and analyze the, the what's going on around the company and give the insight back to leaders. I think the value there is pretty obvious in, in having that stuff. Um, what would you say to managers who come back and say you know, but I have regular one to ones with my team and I know this stuff already. Why do I need to install an AI and, and, and why do I need to you know go for this? If you are able to have one-on-one -on -one meeting with any with every employee daily, you don't need to do it. I think, you know. Uh, so or, so da daily is the is the word here, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, That's a, I, we are providing to you new information hour by hour. You know? Right. So if you just if you are just manager of one people of one person. For sure, mm -hmm. you don't need to really the AI, but usually we are working with companies over 200 employees. So usually managers, at least they have like 20, 30 people that they have to manage. It's impossible to talk with all these people every day, you know? Uh, so yeah, but with what always we say is that we're pro we provide to you early AI and intelligence of early, but finally you have the human factor also. That's not that you are going to push a button and burnout is going to disappear. You know, because we also receive that sometimes, yeah, some, sometimes they say, well, but how can I fix that? Man, uh, that, that's on you, you know, uh, you are you are a manager, you have your responsibilities and you are going to receive from your human resources or your chief operational officer, you are going to receive or report saying to you, hey, this is how your team is feeling or this is how they are. Please take a look to that because we found these kind of patterns. So you are the manager, obviously, you know. Uh, so yeah, uh, obviously have one-on-one -on -one meetings with your people is the best that you can do. Of course, of course, but, but you can't do it daily. So that makes a lot of sense. This is obviously the time saving aspect there as well. So which, what sort of companies do you focus on then? Do you work with, um, you know, SMEs or bigger enterprises, or do you also work with smaller companies like, you know, smaller startups, for example? Mm, mostly we are working with mid-size and enterprise. Yeah, because oh, yeah. as much data you have, more rich 
powerful is the everything of that course. you can there's present. There's more of a need. Yeah, yeah there's more of a exactly. need there than, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, over 100%. over 200 usually. Wow. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Um, fascinating. And and do you use this? And so I, I don't know how big your team is. You mentioned you have people all over the world at the moment uh, for the eroded team. We're we're not too much really. We are thirty. Okay. Okay. Do do you use it internally or is it too little? Do you not need it? No. Yeah, I use it. I use it. Uh, Amazing. It, it's true that we are few people yet, so yeah. I can. And we are 60 levels, so everyone has like a team of five. So sure. we don't have any problem to have one-on-one meetings and to really understand how the team is. But we are we also use it to to see if sometimes when something happened, <laughs> it's most like something has happened and we take a look to see if it was detected. You know, so this is more uh, like a testing thing right now. That's very interesting. And have you thought about potentially rolling out something like that for smaller companies where it's more of a reactive thing rather than something to have constantly? Yeah, it will be great. It, it works into the same way. For example, today uh, we receive a, yeah, I received a Telegram message like 10 minutes before from a Miami tech company. They are 60 and they want to use it. We are okay. You know, uh, okay. I think that it's useful too. The point is that right now we have uh, small resources, you know, in sales and acquisition. So we are trying to focus on bigger tickets, but it works anyway. Okay. Okay. Awesome. It's brilliant. Amazing. Wow. And um, kind of going a little bit more personal, just to understand a little bit more about kind of what makes you tick. So you mentioned that you've got a psychology background as well as engineering uh, background. When you say engineering, by the way, do you mean engineering in the sense of coding and, and, and the software development or engineering in the sense of, you know, engineering like civil engineering or mechanical engineering? I'm civil engineer. Civil engineer. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. That's, that's brilliant. What, what made you move? What, what did you do first? Did you do engineering first, then psychology or? At the same time, but I just, <laughs> but wow, that's, that's that's amazing. Yeah, but psychology was like a secret because uh, ah. my my parents were not happy with that. Uh, <laughs> I, I received I received one sentence from my father that I will remember my whole life when I was in two in second grade of engineer. I said to my to my father that I want to move from engineer to psychology, and he said to me. Uh, What's the point to living in the moon if you don't have nothing to eat? And it was like, okay, so you say that living in the moon is to be psychologist and having nothing to eat is because I don't have, I will not have work. Yeah. And, and right now is the opposite. In Spanish, when psychologist is earning more money than an engineer, father, I, I love you. But uh, yeah, so I decided to start it by myself, like without telling nothing to no one. Uh, yeah. It was it was great. It was a good decision. That that's that's incredible. <laughs> so effectively, we were doing two full time degrees at the same time. Yeah, one was in remote. Uh, uh, okay. The psychologist psychologist one it was in the remote university of Spain. So you don't have incredible. to assist to classes. You just have incredible. to take the uh, the, the books and do the study them at night time essentially in the ev- yeah. evenings and weekends psychology and then the daytime engineering. Yeah, but wow. it was it was easy for me because I uh-huh. I like psychologists and civil sure. engineer was toughest, you know. So when I took the books of psychology, it was like read. it was a break. Yeah, it was a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're instead of watching a movie, you're reading a psychology book. So that's really I, I, it's incredible that you found something that you're so passionate about that you love that much to the point that you know when you take a break, you do it, and it's like it feels like you're taking a break. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming then that you know human behavior and why we do what we do and so on is something that you're really interested in something that fascinates you yeah it's something 
I think that's part of me, you know. Uh, I love to read, for example. Uh, I love to read novels. And I was a philosophy reader from when I was like nine. Uh, but not for being a slump guy or something like that. I also like stars and astronomy and minerals and, and whatever free things, you know. So I was, I had a lot of interest from when I was a, a child. So, yeah, I started reading Schopenhauer or Kant or all these crazy guys or Nietzsche or whatever. What, uh, after uh, nine dungeon. years old? No, with nine, 12, <laughs> 15, 17. No, Nietzsche, Fair for enough, example, okay. it was with 16. And okay, yeah, that, I, that kind of, yeah, that, that makes a bit more sense. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think... I, uh, Sorry, go on. No, yeah, after that, when you end with... I started reading philosophy because it was like, oh, this is serious, okay? You are learning things. And after that, you discover that nothing is the whole truth. You know, everything is everything is relative. So after that, I moved to novel, and the thing that I enjoy most today is poetry, you know, because finally it's like, it's the most beautiful thing, and really it's not trying to grab and define something. It's more close to the truth, you know? That's brilliant. Well, so that's so interesting. So speaking of poetry, then what's, what sort of poetry do you like to read? I'm assuming that you speak at least two languages, right? Yeah. Um, so do you, what do you prefer? And, and, you know, this is, this might win, win you or lose you some friends, but do you prefer English poetry or do you prefer Spanish poetry? I prefer I prefer good poetry. You know? so, That's a very diplomatic answer. Yeah, so we, I love Miguel Hernández, for example, from from Spain, and I love uh, and uh, Leaf of Grass from Whitman or Charles Bukowski. I love Bukowski; he's very funny. Uh, everyone here looks like Bukowski, like uh, an alcoholic and super aggressive, and he was like a tiny bluebird. You know, he was super sensitive, super. I know how he speaks about women and what, everything what he did, but if you read his poetry, he is the kindest uh, very guy different. in the world. Wow, yeah. wow, that's brilliant! Yeah, amazing. And and so I'm assuming then that the well, actually, I don't want to assume, but you know, if if you were have to, if you had to, if you'd had to describe what is it that makes you and your team get up in the morning to go to work, what is it that motivates you guys? What would that be? Uh, on my case, it's that I am doing what I really want to do, you know, uh, it's tough to have on a startup. It's not something that say you are going to, uh, work for eight hours per day. You know, you are, I'm working like 14 or 15 or whatever. And I, my founder was a little bit burnt out, for example, last, last week. So we are going, doing that because we like it. I like it. And I like my team. Mainly, you know, the project is good, but I really like them. They they come to visit me this weekend, 22 people, and I really want to see them <laughs> because they, I have people working in early that I, I never met. So, yeah, I really want to see them. Right? People coming from Brazil, from, from Europe. from. So why, why do you wake up in the morning? Uh, because I, I enjoy it. I, also, I am telling to you that it's not something that I'm going to keep doing my whole life, you know? Some people maybe, well, never never say never, but uh, people, you can see also serial entrepreneurs, which uh, they are building one startup and another one and another one. I think that I want also, I am good in early today, but I think that I want to do also other things. So just do other stuff? Very yeah, mm. yeah. I like travel, I like read, I like to write. Uh, you, know, you can do a lot of things. Are, are we looking at a at a poet, at an, an undiscovered poet? 
Are we speaking to one one day, perhaps? That, that's incredible. So, so this for you, yeah, it, it's not something. But I think a lot of people um, kind of fantasize about starting a business and, and going into the startup world and think that it's going to be great. And you know, you're you're your own boss and and all those things that get sold in the media. But the reality is very different. That the reality of it is there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's super different. It's like uh, and and you you really discover that you don't know nothing. You know, the first day that you start, you say, "Oh no, I saw lots of things, and I have I study engineer maybe, or I study finan- financials or whatever." You don't know nothing. You don't know nothing. So it's it's tough. It's funny, and uh, you are going to learn a lot if you like. If you are able to run out of a startup from zero to 100 employees, you can do whatever. You know, obviously, you have also to take a look who a lot of brilliant guys are able to reach that and to to get this milestone. But a lot of people also start with very in a very good social position. You know, when they start building, when they start building things, and that's something that, for example, in Spain is uh, very remarkable. You know. Uh, yeah, good people also with good, good skills, but a lot of uh, people who are the most uh, uh, successful startups or all this stuff, uh, they came from very good families, very good money, which means nothing, you know, because a lot of people also have this money and they fail, you know. But, yeah, some, sometimes people misunderstand it, you know. Uh, no, everyone can do that, okay. No, that's very no, hard. It, it can and certainly be easier for some people than others. It, it's still hard, but it's certainly easier for some people than others. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you have more opportunities, more connections. You can. It's more easy to get your first, your first uh, fifty clients, maybe, or to land your first uh, marketing campaign or whatever. For sure, after that, you, even if you have the money, you need to know how to do that. So, yeah, and it's difficult as hell. But yeah. I, th- I think it's also it, it kind of is both ways, and I think it I think mindset plays a huge role here, in in my opinion. Where if you come from a very rich family and you have a lot of resources on your hand, it's much easier to be complacent. It's much easier to to you know be like, well, why am I working sixteen hours a day when I don't need to to do that much kind of thing. Um, whereas when you don't have that or you're not born with that, there is just an inner hunger that that's there you know, all the time. Um, so so yeah. it can be easier in that respect. Yeah, that, that's the whole discussion. Uh, you, you can find a lot of patterns. For example, in Spain, we have a lack of uh, high-tech companies, you know, like 80% of the com- of the startup companies are related with delivery or sharing or clothes or food or oh, whatever, you know. So then they're, they're you not really tech-driven. Yeah, okay. uh, very few companies are doing AI, really AI, okay. real AI, for well, example. Why, and or, why do you think that is? Uh, I think I think that we have good people in tech. Obviously, I also think that the careers at the universities are updated. Uh, if you want to study artificial intelligence in Spain, you have to do an online degree, or maybe you have a school, but it's not something core, you know, uh, in in any standard university or crypt or web three, for example, or whatever. You know, I think that our uh, educational system is updated. And the second point is investors. It's really tough to find investors for biotech or AI or whatever. Uh, here at the United States, you are a biotech company, so you are not going to release nothing until 10 years later. 
and you and you get the investment. You know, obviously, if you are if you are the right person to to receive this investment in Spain, it's impossible. You know, it's very tough to say no. I need five billions to develop this AI, and they are going to say I'm out. You know, and the third point is that after even if you have the money and even if you have developed, it's very difficult to sell that into the into the the, the market that you have around you. You know, uh, because biggest company in in Spain are not high tech companies. You know, so it's difficult for a lot of reasons. Here in United States, another pattern that you can find, and average uh, the average age of the entrepreneurs is around forty. You know, so sometimes we misunderstand that that's not about that you are young and you have to start. It's not an excuse because in Spain say hey. Create something, be your own boss. Yeah, but it's it's the different. Uh, exists the difference between having already experience and building a startup because you decided, than mm-hmm. saying I have no work, so I am I'm I have no be work. I'm employee, <laughs> so I'm going to create a startup. That's not how it works. You know? Yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I think that's a really that's a very good distinction. Uh, to make. And I think, I mean, you're seeing a lot of people now trying to have a go at starting their own businesses, which is obviously a great thing to see. Um, a lot of people try to do that. Um, but it's also important to understand that, you know, it, t- it takes a lot to get a startup off the ground uh, and going properly. And so it's really important to think about solving a problem and adding value ultimately. Um, so rather than trying to, you know, rather than sort of starting and, and figuring out, it's almost sometimes more helpful to actually have a problem that you're trying to solve in advance and then go into that and try and figure out how to solve that problem. Yeah, my main advice for someone which is starting is have as many conversations as you can with someone with already did it. Because finally you can take books or you can see movies or you can whatever, talk with your friends or but try to speak with someone that already did a great startup, you know, uh, that's the, and you can talk with them, go LinkedIn and just pick uh, some founders and talk with them. You know, I think that that's the, the best thing because yeah, that's also a, a common mistake at the beginning, you know, to start doing something which just matter you, yes. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, let's go to build that, which is cool. Why is cool? You know, yeah. maybe you don't need to build something cool. Yeah, that's that's very true. Amazing. And um, so at the moment, then with Eruded, I'm just I'm thinking in terms of um, kind of where the market is going and where things are heading. Um, do you have already plans ahead for the next, you know, kind of two, three, four, or five years for Eruded? Do you kind of have an idea or a vision of where it's going to go um, from here, or are you still kind of figuring out bits and bits of it as you go along? Um. We want to basically be a whole tool for C-suite level. Okay, right now we are more focused on maybe more mid-management or uh, mid-companies. Uh, we will love to be integrated at the C-level management. You know, we, we would love to see the, the tool that the chief operational officer take a look every day. And from there, you can share game. For example, I want to see early as an uh, a tool or a solution where you can cross psychological information and culture of culture data, real culture data, with all the outcomes of every department. You know, and find trends and find patterns, and yeah, put the same efforts on the culture that you put in uh, another kind of things. You know, for example, 
development team outcomes, uh, the sprint, what they created, and of course everything with culture patterns and with culture trends, and trying to take better decisions, but at the whole company level. That's at, at we say at we saw that we know that if we if we keep doing our work uh, good, we will receive some offers to be acquired. You know, we already have one uh, one investor which is representing us for managing with uh, merchant acquisition offers. So we will we will have to take some decisions. You know, uh, for sure, if we keep doing things great, we will receive some some offers, and here you you will have to. Um, yeah, make a decision and you build the path for that from the early beginning. For example, with the investors that uh, that you uh, from the investors that you accept. You know, for example, if you accept uh, as investor Indeed or Glassdoor or Workday or some of these or, or Microsoft or one of these companies, for sure they are investing in you because they, they think that they want to acquire you. You know, so that's something that you need to think when you are configuring your cap table, who are you talking sure. with, and all this stuff. You have to build this this strategy from the beginning. Sure, sure, of course, amazing. And and so for you, very much, you know, as you mentioned already, it's uh, it's something that down down the line you see yourself doing other stuff like traveling and doing other things. Um, other than just kind of startups, and so it, it's it's also something that you consider quite far in advance. Um, if you could, if you could do anything, I suppose, what, because you know it, it's interesting. I think a lot of people fantasize about a life where they sit on the beach and drink cocktails every day. But if you if you have you if you ever actually tried to do that, it gets very boring after two or three days. Um, so, so that that is not really a lifestyle that that many people would actually enjoy in the long run. Um, so, is have you have got any things in mind, any thoughts in mind about you know what you'd want to do with the free time uh, in the future? Say, imagine that you've gone through this and you've gotten the exit and everything has gone to plan. Do you have any thoughts in mind? Uh, I I think I have never get bored. Bored, you know. A lot of people when they are alone, they are bored. Mm-hmm. And that's something that never happened to me. So if I am alone, I'm good. I also have a girlfriend, uh, sure. and, and, <laughs> sure. and we have been you sa- saved yourself there. And I have a dog, <laughs> and I have a dog too. Sure. So sometimes we yeah, we we talk about how we see each other in 15 years. Or mm-hmm. uh, first of all, we want to discover as much as possible of this world. Uh, we have right now acquired a camper van, and we will be driving from Miami wow. to California in, from the seventh June seventh. You know, that's so, beautiful wow yeah and we yeah we want to discover this country also uh-huh. in, with our camper van i was in new orleans and i really enjoy new orleans i i think that's my preferred my, my, my best city here in in united states they have a great culture related with music and yeah I, we were into the jazz festival and people is super humble they have a lot of cold, a, large, a big culture uh, they are musicians they are they are super great they really love it so maybe and sometimes we talk about like a, a having a big field you know with a little house with a lot of dogs and animals and horses and things like that yeah because my uh, Ines love animals uh but I don't know. I want to discover the world as much as possible, and I want to be in peace. You know, finally, right now with the startup, you are the whole day with something. You know, it's like oh, seven a.m. and you have people working in every time zone, so you always have this lag with people needing something. You know, so it's okay, but it's not for the for the whole. Not life. forever, of course. No, of course. Fair enough. Wow, amazing, Alejandro. That's brilliant. Um, 
Well, I mean, I think we've touched on quite a lot and I've gotten to know you as a person as well, which is really nice. It's something I always look forward to is to understand a bit more about kind of what drives you as a as, as a founder and, and what makes you want to actually do what you're doing. And it's, it's really cool to understand that. Um, back to the business a little bit more, back to Erudit. Um, plans expansion-wise um, for the next, you've touched on on the fact that, you know, you're primarily focused on the US right now and, and LATAM. Um, Team-wise, um, are you hiring at the moment? Are you accepting applications from candidates? Because we do have candidate listeners as well as uh, as well as listeners from sort of HR departments. So you know, if someone really likes what you're doing and loves the sound of what you're doing, is that something that you're accepting at the moment, or should they wait a little bit more? Yeah, we are always open to uh, meet people with talent. You know, uh, even if we are not hiring today, that always are hiring. Uh, we we love to to meet people with talent because you never know you know uh, sometimes you have a conversation and maybe today is not the right moment but maybe in two months you start to work and everything is great so right now I think we are hiring people in uh, marketing uh, we are hiring also some people in the data scientists and AI team uh, we hire some people in the front end area also. Uh, we have hired like three people in sales into the last uh, month. Uh, month, so yeah, we are hiring. Okay, brilliant. Well, there you have it, everyone. So if uh, if you're interested in the sound of what's happening here, of course, you can go and check out the website. It's erudit.ai, um, and you can get in touch with them there. Um, before we wrap up, Alejandro, because I'm, I'm aware of the time, uh, you need to go and start your. Well, you've probably already started your day, to be fair, <laughs> given, given that you get up quite early. So. Uh, but assuming you have a lot more as well packed in there, is there anything else that you want to leave listeners with? Anything you want to highlight that we didn't touch on today in the conversation? Uh, no, just uh, thanks a lot for for this opportunity. Uh, I think that uh, I don't know, life is good, and we have to yeah. take the most <laughs> that that we can from for for this life. And finally, the last responsible of what's happening and how this life is is ourselves. So. I, I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. What a positive note to end on. Thank you so much, Alejandro. It's been a real pleasure having you with us here today. Uh, if people want to find out more about the company, we'll leave the link in the description as well. Um, and yeah, if you, if you want to find out more, of course, you can get in touch with us. You can get in touch with Alejandro as well. And yeah, thank you for coming today. And hopefully we'll have you back here again at some point in the future. You will have grown further. We will have grown further. And then we can carry on the conversation and, and maybe speculate as well about the worldwide trends rather than just looking at America as well for the next time. Okay, thank you very Thanks much. Thanks so much Mo. again. All the best. Take care. You have been listening to Career Insights, a podcast by QFinds. QFinds is a hiring platform that matches candidates with jobs and employers based on many factors that ensure longer term alignment. It goes way beyond package and salaries and takes into account much, much more than that to ensure a happy uh, working environment for everybody. To find out more about this podcast and to see further releases, we'll be announcing them at the at QFinds.io Instagram page, as well as on the QFinds.io website, as well as from my own personal uh, Instagram page and my own personal LinkedIn. All information you need that we spoke about in the podcast or this information mentioned here will be mentioned below in the description. So take a look, visit those links. And if you like anything or want to get in touch, uh, please do And lastly, stay tuned for more. Have an amazing week ahead of you.